The Amateur Skeptics Podcast presents She's Gone From Suck to Blow, number 187. And as always, the Amateur Skeptics Podcast is not safe for work. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 187. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. And good evening, everybody. What kind of exercise What kind of exercise? So that's a good question. CrossFit. CrossFit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and that's Ian groaning. Hey. And we have Mad Cat. Hello, hello. And actually, I think it's jumping jacks. Jumping jacks. Okay. Yeah, you put your arms and legs out and clap your hands. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, you put one arm in. You put take one arm out. Something like that. Something like that. When we have uh, the dumbass not- himself. I don't care what you say. I will never give you the combination to Canada's air shield. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going to take a guess on what it is. I think I know what it is. <laughs> One, it's two, password. three, password. four, five. five. <laughs> you missed the six, so there. <sighs> Same combination I have on my luggage. <laughs> Bummer. How is everybody doing this evening? Good. Oh, Thomas, you know, I'm I'm having trouble hearing you. Can you turn your mic up a little? I thought we had Somebody? him. Yeah. Is it just me that's uh, having trouble hearing him? Maybe maybe I'm just deaf to, to dumbass. <laughs> well, that's not surprising. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. <laughs> All right, how's that? I think that's a little better. Okay. All right. We'll go with it. Well, how is everybody doing then? All right. Doing pretty good. <laughs> okay, pretty good. <laughs> that's the most enthusiastic response. Pretty good, huh? All right. Pretty good when you have a mother in the hospital denying to do things because, well, doesn't want to take her medications proper and everything. So we, yeah, and it, you know that's at some point you gotta, you, you, I mean, maybe she's done, right? Yeah, she's gonna be done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what do you do if she doesn't want to take her medication? I mean, well, doesn't want to take the stuff that'll make it so she can go have the test to find out where the blood's going. Yeah, then it kind of sucks. You know, uh, hey. I, uh, you know, we've been um, having a lot of conversations in the U.S. about, you know, right to die and stuff like that. And we've covered that on this show before, too. And it's interesting because I was just watching a whole bunch of stuff about that and, um, you know, people who are saying we don't have a right to die. Oh, in fact, I was watching uh, a debate. Matt Dillahanty was debating um, another guy about um, about right to die and, and – uh, so it's actually it's a pretty interesting if you uh, if you check out Matt Dillahunty's uh, Facebook or uh, YouTube channel um, that that is actually pretty interesting. Uh, we we should probably have that have that discussion again because the guy he was debating brought up some interesting points. I don't think he was a very good debater, um, but some of the points he brought up I think are worth exploring, right? Um, but ultimately, I don't think he, he did a very good job of making his case. But all the more reason that, you know, I think he's having these debates with Matt Dillahanty, somebody who's a pretty good debater, um, so that he can probably sharpen them up. But, uh, um, you know, he, he tried to make this uh, this idea that we have the, the right to life, therefore we don't have the right to death. And Matt Dillahanty said just the opposite. He says, because we have the right to life, we autom- we, we also have the right to death, right? Uh, we, uh, you know, as individuals, that we should make those those life decisions and that, you know, we, we can't have one without the other. So some interesting, so some interesting points of views, um, you know, ab- about that. And particularly, you know, we have more states down here saying, you know, that, um, that are giving right to, um, 
you know, the the right to die to make those decisions for yourself. So. Uh, the, it's fine if it's a right to die type of situation, but there's also a right to uh, have a brain working. Well, no, and I think, <laughs> and that's a really good point, right? Um, because if you if your brain is not working properly, she thinks she's in a plane. That's one. Uh, yep, so that, if your brain is not working properly, you're not making proper decisions. Nope, and you're absolutely correct about that. And and so and that that that's um that's certainly part of that discussion about you know people need to make these decisions when they're in you know the right state of mind. Yeah, I don't know. You, you know, just you know, listening to your mother-in-law um, just reminded me, and because I was just watching that debate this week. So that's a tough, you know, that those are that's tough discussions to have. They are big discussions to have with a person, yes. Yep. Especially yeah, you have, before they get to the point. Right, right. exactly, yeah. Say, they're, 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 yeah. They can be tough discussions, but you have them when you're of sound mind and can actually have them with you know will listen and yep. follow your um, desires. And that. you have to listen to their desires as well as your own. Yep. You can't, which I'm not doing with you, apparently. <laughs> well. Cut off here. Sure, sure. This is, we're probably not. This is probably not the right time to have this discussion. <laughs> probably not. Completely unprepared <laughs> for it. So I mean, so let's move on and talk about dick jokes, right? I mean, we. I, <laughs> I'll bring up Mile High Con again. Oh, it's not a dick joke. Uh, I said, speak. I don't, I, I don't know about that. You speak for yourself. I bet. I bet it's one big dick joke. <laughs> let's play dick jokes that go on. Mile in High but, Con, oh. right? <laughs> it's the That's big con. Maybe it, maybe joke, it's a little but... dick joke. <laughs> So once more, I will be at Mile High Con, October 27th, 28th, and 29th. It is at the Hyatt in the Denver um, Tech Center. Um, great um, literary convention. All the local authors will be there. Come, enjoy, meet us, um, and have fun. Okay, there we go. And speaking of coming and enjoying. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Madcat, what time is it? It is Eden Dumbass's masturbation moment, brought uh, to you by the Dumbass Media. Hey, you even put media in there so I can read it. Actually, it was network, and I put network in last week, but it didn't get carried over. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know I never remember. Uh, nope. I no. It, I understand. It's not. It's not written there. It just says Dumbass Media, and uh, and so this now, is now this is our fault. My fault because remember I do these ahead of time. Right. Exactly. It's Ian's fault. That in the last one, in it didn't make it over. Yeah, I go. just never remember. <laughs> <laughs> the Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Let's freak out with fleshlight, shall we? Fleshlight freaks. What? What Our is? Listeners might get the idea that I'm kind of obsessed with bizarre sex because I seem to find quite a bit of articles about that. Yeah, how's that but teddy bear one... thing going, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get one, Brian? Oh, oh me? No, I, I no, I, 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 I didn't. You said you were going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell yeah, you what, I wouldn't mind. Ready for it either. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind pretending that I'm making love to a blue alien. Oh, totally. I I, I have no problem with this one at all. So, well, this, sure this, this a bit so th- this, um, I'm not even sure where I found this one, probably from on Facebook. But this is Fleshlight.e Collections Freaks. And, Why uh, Freaks? Based, 
Um, because it's alien cyborgs and zombie. I guess yeah, that that's what guess, makes it freakish. The, I guess the non-traditional collection. Okay. Would be almost okay. more. Um. So, uh, basically, these are sci-fi concepts turned into um sex toys. So you have the fleshlights, the basic vaginas of an alien, a zombie, a cyborg. And Frankenstein. Okay, so... I think that cyborg a little bit harder than you'd want, though. That's what I was yeah. thinking, too. The, the cyborg <laughs> looks awfully fleshy. <laughs> well, the, 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 see, I don't know. I've never messed with flashlights, but the interesting thing, I love the cutaways. They do a cutaway so you can see, apparently, what the inside of it's like. And they're, they're not yeah, all I the same. They actually have different textures on the inside. And so it's like, you know, if, if it wasn't for their... They were so expensive, it actually became interesting to try them out and see what the different sensations were with them. Yeah, it is kind of, yeah, that would be cool. (laughs) So, I'm going to ask, how do these, uh, how do these prices in euros translate into American dollars? Uh, Good question. I don't know. I don't know. You're looking them in dollars for me. You see them in dollars? Yeah. Really? I see them in pounds. Dollar sign right in front of them. Really? The flashlight seems to be uh, ninety four sixty dollars, ninety four dollars and sixty cents. And I see okay. sixty four ninety five. I'm assuming euros. that's Canadian dollars, though. Well, wait. So there must be something on the page that I can trip that will put these into ah you country mean? English currency. Okay, currency euro and. But it doesn't give us the option of dollars. Yeah, it doesn't give us the option of dollars. How did? How the heck did you get dollars? I have no idea. I just didn't even do anything. Just loaded well, it up. Okay, wait. Um. Mad Cat, what do you what do you see the prices in? I was just <laughs> looking at this thing that said about uh, training. Anyway, she's off on she's on to something else entirely. It just shows it just shows ninety four dollars and sixty cents. You see, you guys see dollars. It might be it might be because in Canada. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, something about the, yeah. This is a regional. We're special in Canada. Yeah. Well, so we know you're we know you're special. Look here, train hard, yeah, last the, longer. <laughs> After the Fleshlight, they switch over to actual dildos. The first one is Drac. Obviously, it's supposed to be Dracula. Um, and I guess vampire penises are covered in blood, apparently? That's what it looks like. And <laughs> uh, interestingly shaped. Well, what else would it be uh, covered in? not just smooth going in. But then you have Frankenstein, which is... Not smooth. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, lo- I love that Frankenstein has bolts. Yeah. Yes. The- <laughs> it's bolted like, on. Just at the... At the base of his penis. Then you yep. have Cyborg. I like the Cyborg one. That is really cool looking. And of <laughs> course the zombie. The ones I've seen. Followed by probably the most disturbed of them, Zombie. Yeah, that one is. <laughs> because, yeah. It would probably have fallen off well before now. You would think, right? And, <laughs> and certainly there's not from. enough blood to make it erect anymore. So basically, if you have any really interesting sci-fi style <laughs> fantasies, you might be able to actually live them out. Yeah, the zombie one is uh, is more disturbing than the zombie fleshlight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they, they actually colored it gray. The the zombie fleshlight is still pink. It looks like it might be just a vagina with sores around it. Yeah. <laughs> which which yeah, because that's okay. You're not making it sound better. <laughs> no, but it, it's at, it's at least still pink. Yeah, it is. Rather than yeah. the... uh, it, it's just one of those things. Whatever your kink is. There's probably something out there to fulfill that need. The blue alien one looks cool. I had no problem there. <laughs> I'll do that alien. Is there something out there to fulfill your need if you're a if you're a well known senator? Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> anal toys. Well, I mean, if, <laughs> what? yeah. So I, I uh, love that connection. If you're a smarmy senator, 
That was not exactly what I was going for. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so, so Ted Cruz's Twitter apparently, I, I couldn't. Yeah, I, it's something. It's, I don't. I, it looks like did they actually like tweet a link to to uh to a the, porn video? Yeah, the video it. itself somehow they got liked put it. On. Yeah. How do you like but stuff you on Twitter? You can watch the video on his Twitter um, feed, however that works. Yeah, so somehow they link to it. Basically is if you're signed into your Twitter and you like something, we'll like it on social media. Which Twitter is social media. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. It'll like it on that social media. And so somehow it linked to it. What kind of person likes a porn video? Well, I would think I you. I, th- I think that you're the kind of person that would like one. But I mean, I mean, I, I, of course, I like them, but I wouldn't <laughs> click like. Is what oh, I mean. oh, okay. What kind of person clicks like on porn videos? Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, apparently, the person who clicks like on that is somebody who needs a, to get a tighter grip on his staff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what he said it was a staffing problem. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Something he needs to. Well, have. hey, at least Bill Clinton didn't have that problem. Okay, so so he comes out, and of course he, you know, he's he's talking about how it was nothing malicious, and that it was a staffing issue, and yada yada yada. So I, I guess I mean somehow one of his staff clicked like like on this, and they were probably logged into the Twitter at the time. So so one of his staff is clearly <laughs> watching porn, right? <laughs> while while logged into Ted Cruz's you know official Twitter. <laughs> because I absolutely, I, I mean, I, I, well, I, I don't know that Ted Cruz doesn't watch porn. Um, in fact, I think he should watch more because he's got a lot of hangups. Uh, but, uh, but was was interesting about this? Well, I, I do like the end where basically uh, Corey Chase told the Huffington Post she was mad that the center allegedly watched the video for free. He pirated this video. <laughs> <laughs> and it's pirated. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but more importantly, was the connection... do, do people actually pay for porn on the internet? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I, I keep on coming across the pay sites. But they they have. Sure they must them. be paying for porn. I mean, <laughs> if people weren't paying for, would not be. I think that that is probably true. So is, Vanity Fair ran um, in 2006. Ran um, talked about uh, to make sex toy sales illegal in texas and i think we we've talked about this before you know because we specifically you know the because they had already had some weird laws about selling these sex toys and stuff like that they they finally lost this in the court of appeals and they threatened to take it to the supreme court and they never did let's see in a brief in a brief by the u.s fifth circuit court of appeals Cruz and his team's agenda uh, alleged oh, wait so the, the, basically, they, they challenged the they they were challenging the uh, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals because this was a three panel. Um, uh, it was only three of them, and they 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 came back and said, uh, "No, you can't make this illegal." Basically, they they wanted to say it was fine for people to use them, but the sale of them was illegal, which uh, is kind of an, an interesting way to um to to make you know sex toys illegal, right? Uh, it's okay for me to have them. But I can't go buy them. So how does that so, work? Uh, so I guess a lot of uh, 
DIY projects. I, I guess that's the case. It's funny. <laughs> Make your own dildo. Time right. to learn how to whittle. My my wife showed me um uh somebody had buy a lot of quote unquote shoulder massagers. Yes. So well, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> how you get around a lot of that kind of stuff, right? I mean, you're not selling a sex toy. You're selling a novelty item, and you we used to see that a lot. Um, my wife showed me a picture of, uh, of somebody who had baked um, a whole bunch of cookies that were supposed to be number ones for their child's number uh, first birthday. They did, they looked they did not look like number ones. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what they look like. Hmm, I wonder what they looked like. Hmm. And they were green, so it would go very much along with the page that we were just on. <laughs> but anyway, so this 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 essentially gets turned down. Uh, and they they went back and they wanted they wanted a full panel from the Fifth Circuit Court, and they were and they were turned down. The courts came back and said no, <laughs> this stands. And uh, and they never took it any further. And it's not clear exactly why they didn't. Um, but it, it's it seemed like they were they were kind of. Um, I mean, of course, this is the morality police, right? They 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 want to be the enforcing their morality on the whole state of Texas, which just seems like a, a bad idea. But we see it a lot, don't we? Is it is it possible that he was just perusing this video in his legal briefs? Or I mean for use in his legal briefs? <laughs> okay, That's so really not any better. him and a bunch of other guys were watching porn for official reasons, right? <laughs> Um, you know, it, 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 that was one of the best parts about this story from Vanity Fair. Or actually, it was not the Vanity Fair story. It was so. Just to let you know, whenever I look at porn, I'm just doing research. Right, exactly, and I believe that about you. Uh, yeah, I believe too. <laughs> sure. Oh no, the best part down um, was where uh, Ted Cruz's college roommate chimed in at one point. I think in a tweet um, had said. Uh, that um, if if this was uh, if this was his official p- position on masturbation, that um, that this was a new position for Ted Cruz. <laughs> uh, so, what position does he do it in in the first place? Prone face down, I'm thinking. <laughs> so, missionary. Yeah. So here, here's the quote. I was I was looking for the quote. So, former Ted Cruz roommate at Princeton, Craig Mazin, who is no fan of the Texas senator was as surprised as anyone that Ted Cruz had once uh, forgot uh, that he, he, Ted Cruz had once uh, fought the right to masturbate. I was, uh, I was the college roommate. This would be a new belief for, uh, for his, I'm not reading this well. I'll probably end up cutting that. Anyway, this is a new belief for Ted Cruz about the masturbation thing. So he was probably so clearly he was a masturbator. Well, no, only only women don't have the right to masturbate, you know. Oh no, they they have trouble with men on it too. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen some interesting stuff for men to stop them. Yeah, I know. So, hey, I was thinking, you know, we, we the the stuff that you were looking. at, Have you guys looked at baddragon.com? <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Oh I yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh well, you should. We should look at Bad Dragon while we're looking at strange sex toys. Bad Dragon. Look at Bad Dragon. Yeah, let's look at this. BadDragon.com. All right, hold on. There's a dash in. Oh, Bad Dash Dragon? Yep. Okay, Bad Dash Dragon. Okay. So these are right up your alley, Ian. (laughs) In more ways than one. (laughs) Yes, you can put them right up your alley. (laughs) Yeah, we got tentacles. Oh, Uh, all sorts of good stuff. Yeah. it's not showing? Damn. You're not getting it? It's not coming up on mine. 
Oh, but hey, okay. who put some kind of stupid? Oh, there's one that looks like a oh, an axe dragon. Okay, I was about to say snakehead, but dragon head. Got it. Okay. okay. Somehow I have it on not showing for X. Do you have the child settings on? That seems like it. And since when do I put child settings on? I know. On why, why, who, put the, who, who puts the child locks on their browser? <laughs> anyway, so baddragon.com. Okay. I'm sure this now, is this where? makes for great radio, doesn't it? Boy. <laughs> oh, whenever Sherry notices something that's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking, uh, I, 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 all of a sudden decided to send you to one more site for Ian here. Ian, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Considering one of them looks uh the vibe tongue. I'm guessing it's supposed to be the dragon's tongue. I think that yeah, mm-hmm. the, I mean there's tentacles on here. I mean that this yeah. is this is way more eccentric than your site. Oh yeah. It is way more eccentric. It even has uh um fleshy uh Yeah, yeah, we have the masturbators. We have the fleshlights down here. Yeah, but it also has the the flesh things okay. to show you what the hardnesses are. They have oh, one yeah. called David's muzzle as one of the masturbators that <laughs> looks like basically a wolf's mouth. Yes. For some reason, that's not one that's turning me on at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put, putting it in, in a mouth of a wild animal that has sharp teeth. Yeah, that's. Yeah, what the heck's a sugar star? Okay, it's not on safe search. So what the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, another batch of <clears throat> toys that proves whatever your fetish is. There's probably something that will help you fulfill it. Oh yeah, golf. <laughs> I, I oh I like the the squirters the the, the squirter ones. Yeah, there are. Yeah, and they do have the squirter stuff that's supposed to be like uh, semen. Yeah. Yeah, so you can you can buy the buy the stuff that goes with it. Yeah, it's just watery stuff. Don't worry. Come lube. Don't bother. <laughs> Come lube. Yeah. Ian, have you not seen this site? I've not seen this one before. Really? Very well. So there you go. So I mean, so this has all sorts of weird ones and tongues, tentacles, <laughs> and and some of these are like you look at the razor, and I think it's actually modeled off of a real animal. Some of them, like, there's, you know, there's a fox penis. One of these is a fox penis. Yeah, well, there's Mary that looks to me like uh, um, it's supposed to be a, um animal's vagina. So it's furry, definitely. Yeah, uh, Brian, I think that's pronounced faux. <laughs> well, there's one, the unflared stallion pecker, that I guess is modeled after a horse's penis. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It doesn't say what Mary's modeled after, but right off the bat, it's... The, the the brown colored one looks to me like gorilla, but you can zebra stripes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can, so you can. Well, they choose, have different colors too. Yeah, you can choose yeah. all the different colors and and stuff like that. And also, you can um, the the latex comes in different uh, um, different consistencies. So depending on how hard or soft you want it, and you can buy a sample pack so that you can you can find out what all the textures are first before you buy the sex toy. It sounds like Brian's done a little research on this site already. Well, I, I, I have, I've taken, I've looked at this page. Yeah, that, I was surprised that you haven't seen it. It's a fun page. There's so much out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're the one that you told me you like the sex toys, so here you go. I've given, I've given you this site. I've given you this might be the the ultimate site here for for strange. Somewhere you know. out there, there's another site <laughs> saying, "Hold my so, beer." Oh. <laughs> Zuratan looks like pretty much a slug coming out, or oh, a snail coming out of the shell. Okay. Why, why? Well, if you just want an idea uh, what's on this site, just have a look at some of the more disturbing hentai mangas out there. <laughs> the mangas are, yeah, there's quite a few things in that. Okay, ready to move on? 
I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. All right, so what are we moving on to? Okay, Joel Olstein. Okay. Yeah, okay, Mac, So basically, um, this guy, Joel Olstein, who uh, really didn't come to my attention prior to this because it's not the kind of things that I really <clears throat> pay attention to. But this guy has got a church hold sixteen thousand. Used to be a sports arena, and he got uh, he kind of took a bath, so to speak, during the during the Houston flooding and during uh, Hurricane Harvey for allegedly not opening his church to refugees. And you know, there's a lot of comments on this. He's refuted this, saying that his church was flooded and not fit for refugees. But but he was distributing food and so forth. But he's got a lot of comments back on this um you know basically one guy says whenever you do open your church please let the lord remember that a furniture store beat you to it um somebody's saying that he can't they can't shelter at they can't shelter from the hurricane at his church because it only provides a shelter from taxes um <laughs> well it's not so much that he he had the one excuse of it being flooded every time it came up he had a different excuse I right. think throughout the whole thing, he had like a half dozen different excuses. And it's like, okay, why don't you look for a reason to open it up and do what you're supposed to be doing? Well, you okay, here, here's the thing. I guess, you know, the, here, here's the, the – I mean, I know that he's changed his story a lot and stuff like that. And, I mean, what what is the expectation of this guy? I mean, and where do these expectations come from? Well, the expectation – people are holding the expectation that because he prefer, he professes himself to be Christian that he will do – You actually act like one? He'll do the Christian thing, which is shelter those in need. The problem with the thinking is that he's not actually Christian. And this is the bigger issue, which is that this guy doesn't really follow a Christian doctrine. What he follows is the prosperity gospel. Right. Okay, the pr so prosperity gospel to, you know, basically the by and large of it is that if you not if you do good works, but if you are if you are faithful and you give God credit for every success you have, that God will give you more success. He'll give you more money, more fame, uh, a new car, whatever happens to be your thing, a new house, all came from God. And because because God is giving you all these things, you're a more faithful person and you're a better person than anybody else. It's like being a, a vegan in Scott Pilgrim. Hey. Anyway, I, I personally happen to think, and I'm not... I am not a Christian. I'm not a particularly religious person in any sense of the word. But I think, based upon what I do know of Christ, that he would actually be appalled at this doctrine. That, that yeah, that's probably true. But the, stick with Joel Osteen in in this <clears throat> in this matter, and we'll get to the prosperity gospel. I, that facility really is not a good place to house people. Um, you know, for as a shelter, I don't think. And it did it did look like there was quite a bit of water in it. And there's the video that you have here when the people went down there was was on Wednesday and the major flooding was on Saturday. So, yeah, Wednesday, they certainly were able to get there safely. Um, and so I don't know when he was saying, you know, I don't I don't I, I don't have a clear timeline for this either. I mean, the, the guy I, I don't want to defend the guy, um, but um, well, that's why I said allegedly. Um, and he's taken a bath on he's taken a bath on social media due to this. And you know the true story is probably somewhere in the middle between between what he's saying and what other people are saying on this. I mean, it does seem like a furniture store would be a better place to take shelter. They'd, they'd at least have really comfortable seating. Yeah, I mean, here's the the thing is, um, I, I don't know where the I don't know where the furniture store is. 
this guy is inside the I-10 loop, right uh, off of Richmond, and it that 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 facility. My understanding has flooded before, um, and I know it's a big facility. But just because it's a big facility doesn't make it a place where you want to house people. They had shelters set up where where people should go, and it seems like the guy was not clear about what was going on either because it does it, because you listen to him and and he's all over the place and I get that. And it doesn't help that he's a multimillionaire thanks to the church and getting people to donate for the church. That definitely doesn't make him look good when uh, actual um, disaster hits and he's looking for excuses to not help. I, I think part, part of the problem was um, he needs a better PR person to talk for him in case of— Yeah, but he's he supposed to be that PR to person. That's the problem. That's the problem. He is the preacher. He is the PR person, right? Well, he probably only knows how to deal with who are agreeing with him, not people who are disagreeing with him. That's true. <laughs> He's looking for his his target audience are people who are already inclined to and already inclined to basically offer him money. There is actually truth to that, I bet. He just he basically just needs to give him that little extra down a hill. Yeah, so I I mean I, I don't know what to say. I mean the guy I mean, he, he, it's not like he doesn't deserve the bad publicity, right? Because he was kind of a jerk about the whole thing. But, and he didn't have a clear message about what their, in, what their intent was to do and to help. Um, and once he was shamed into it, you know, he, he, you know, he, and maybe he wasn't, I don't know if he was shamed into it or not. I mean, here's the thing is that yeah, their, their media response was abhorrent, right? Um, but, and the, there's this expectation that because they're Christians, they're going to do things a certain way. And I, is that fair? They're not Christians. Oh, I said it. Before. He professes to be, but that's he the definition is not. of a Christian. If you profess to be a Christian, you're a Christian. Then yeah, I, I don't go for any of this bullshit of oh, that's not my kind of Christian. What I think a Christian should be. No, if somebody professes to be a Christian, they're a Christian. I, I agree enough. with that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I don't know. <laughs> I understand where that you know that there's an expectation. I don't always know that it's fair. You know, but I, I hate to defend the guy because he's done he because he has done. There's plenty of things to criticize the guy about, right? Well, what was his? Um, it, also, you got to ask: uh, was uh, was his was more shelter needed, or did uh, was everything covered? Yeah, I, I um, he, no, he claims that they that they were talking to that they were talking to the city, and the city had said at that time that you know that they were still okay. With what with the facilities that they had, and he was and he and at that point he was offering to be an overflow facility, which considering his facility, that might make sense. That that you know that that was the time that you would want to tap that facility. This I mean because it just because he's a Christian and he has this facility doesn't mean that it's the right facility to do this stuff. If there are better facilities, <clears throat> that is a point though that if he uh, if he was there for. The possibility of overflow, that's a completely different thing than actually having the capability to directly be a first-hand um, help facility. Because the first-hand ones have everything that is needed to be used. Right. They, they work at it to get it to that way. By the sounds of it, he was uh, in a position where he was trying to find out if his unit was going to if he was going to be needed, which gives the impression to me, at least, that he did uh, make strides for the possibility of it being used. It's possible they said, no, you're not going to be required. And people are saying, hey, you know, why weren't you, why weren't you having people in? Well, hey, if here's that's a the question. case, 
then the reason he wouldn't be having people in is because they weren't being sent to him. Here's a question. Uh, shouldn't uh, the this designation of official shelters for disaster relief and stuff, shouldn't that be handled by the city? Yes, should, it should isn't be. Isn't that something yes, that the city, yes. should, the city the should be like? Here. That's the point here is that the city was dealing with all of that stuff. It was the city, right? Yeah, it was the city. Yeah, it was. They're the ones who should be calling up uh places saying like okay you've got the you've got this uh space here we're we we're gonna need it you let, let us in and then you know criticize them if they refuse but... right exactly and, yeah. and that's the thing is that he and he says they never close their doors they did close their doors they canceled services and and i kind of think that that was probably the responsible thing to do at that point because so yeah he didn't so have anything to give them and the city did not say that uh he could do it right and so if the city, yeah, this is, it's really, it really is up to the city. I agree with that, you know, and, and the city had a plan and they had facilities and there is some complaints that it took people a long time to get to facilities after they had been rescued from their homes. But man, I mean, they, they got there, right? I mean, just because, you they know, they got there alive, they got yeah. there safe. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, here's once and again, they did, McDonald's. they made mistakes, right? I mean, Houston has made a hell of a lot of mistakes with their infrastructure. I mean, we, we have we have sucked up so many wetlands that there's nowhere for this water to go, right? So this is this is a, a problem that this city has known about since since Hurricane Allison, and they have made some changes, but certainly haven't corrected that. I mean, and the way that the the way that they correct this is to bring back wetlands, which means taking away people's homes. You know, the the other criticism that people are complaining that their homes flooded when they opened the dam. Well, they opened the dam. Because they didn't want water to go over to go over the levees, because these are earthen levees, and when water goes over earthen levees, they collapse. So, they, well, so also, to protect the levees, the they goes, open them. If the water goes over the levees, rather than being released down the channels it's supposed to go, they don't know where that water is going to go, and they don't know what it's going to do. Right. So when they, they release it down the dam, they knew where that water was going to go, and they knew those homes were going to flood. So they released it, and it filled up the secondary spillways. Well, they there were homes in those secondary spillways, right? And and those people are claiming that they didn't know that they were in a secondary spillway. Well, if and they so didn't, then that's the problem of whoever sold them the homes. Right. I mean, so so certainly there, there's some issues there. So I mean, <laughs> that, that that's so. I, I don't I don't I don't really know if if this criticism of Joel Osteen is really warranted in this case. I just I'm just not clear on the facts of this. I know what people are saying, and uh, and I and I I'm ju I just uh, I don't know. I just feel like that there there's like you know I I mean we we have to ask the city did they want to use the facility where I mean people were asking them to open the doors, but I mean if they're not prepared for you know to have people there, do you want them there? Did the city want them there if they weren't prepared to house people? Right, so the, but nobody's or asking did the those city questions. Tell them not to open their doors. Uh, I don't think the city told them not to, right? And I don't he's know. Never, he's never said that. Yeah, so. so he's never he's never said that, and and the city has never said anything, right? So I I don't know. I mean, but you'd think he'd have to have an official okay to do. It. I don't know if he did. Did the furniture store? I I, I don't know. I and, don't know. You know, I I don't think that every any place that can hold people should be. You know, trying to open their doors to house people who've been uh, left without shelter, because I think that's just kind of a recipe for a disaster. You've got to let like one central bureaucracy handle right. the shelter situation. So the so the city needs to decide if they want to ship people there, because the, they need to know where they're sending people. 
And so if a facility just opens its doors and says, come here, that you know, then the city then the city can't Has be no accountable. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, then so they this, think people are dead and they're looking for dead bodies instead of for live bodies. Right. So this is a much more complicated question than just whether or not he should have opened his doors. No. So. so, yeah. I guess we should move on. Yep. Okay. So we're moving on to to Air the right. prosperity gospel. Okay. So so uh so let's let, I mean let's talk. So this I mean Joe Joe St- Joe Olstein is a prosperity gospel preacher. So what is yep. the prosperity gospel? The prosperity gospel is is the belief that if you are faithful and if you give a lot of lip service to God and give a lot of credit to God and basically you know every success you have you attribute it to God that God is going to give you more success. It's, oh, and don't forget you... that you have to give like most of your money to the guy who's teaching the gospel. Oh yeah, well, that's it's 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 kind of like a pyramid scheme in that respect. But Just don't uh, expect to get a uh, get a helicopter. But you know, it's it's it is it's kind of an interesting trap because if you're giving credit to God for everything, then obviously all of your successes come from God anyway. So therefore, anything you get, whether it's from your own whether it's from your own effort or pure luck, is attributable to God. It is not, it's not considered by most, I, I don't think it's considered to be a, it's yeah. an actual Christian doctrine. Well, there are a lot of people who criticize it and say that it's not. And the so, people, who, people who criticize it are actually, are actually ministers and pastors. So if everything comes from God, then that takes away the responsibility on the people too. Yep. Well, that's not without cre- without precedent in Christian theology. That's true. Um, I think it was the Calvinists who said that a certain number of people were going to go to heaven, whether they were the most evil in the world or not, and a certain number of people were going to go to hell, no matter how virtuous they were. I'm pretty sure that was Calvinism. Yeah, Calvinism certainly wasn't correct. by works, right? Or, or Hobbesism. Could be Hobbesism. That's what I was just going to say, Hobbes. Yeah, I mean, Cal- Calvinism was about... Um, about faith, right? In particular, so uh, if you if you had pledged yourself to God, and not necessarily about works, so it, it it very much seemed like it didn't matter what you did, but it was more about whether you repented at the right time. That may be true. I recall it being there there being an element there of even if you repented, some people were just going to hell anyway. Okay, so if you repent, is it kind of like eBay trying to get the right spot to get the product? You just have to guess exactly when something comes up that you can actually get into it. I'm not and sure if somebody I'm not sure if somebody to, can snipe your rentance at the last three seconds of the auction. <laughs> You've got right. to get God, God to give you a rating of A plus 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 plus. Right, but here this this comes back to Pascal's wager, right? I mean this is fire insurance. Um and, and they're using it as such. In, in that in that case, but is that really? I mean, the the is the, the prosperity gospel. When I look at the criticisms of it from like Billy Graham, who I mean, take it this with a grain of salt. He he says that you can't have two masters, money and um and God, and that yeah, basically the, the idea that Clint Eastwood on that. Well, but he but what he's saying is that you know this prosperity gospel is is essentially looking at um money as god is what he's what he's saying and so so right. um and we we've seen preachers say you know if you want to you know to get out of debt you know you've got to give to god and so s- send me your money and god will 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 give that back to you tenfold or you know whatever it is you know 
right? I mean, we've played, we've, we've played that, that kind of stuff um, here on the podcast of, of preachers saying that kind of stuff. And, talk, yeah. and they talk about tithing, how, how you have to, how you, the most important thing is to tithe to the church before you, before you, um, even before you pay your bills. But I mean, that, that tithing is not part of the prosperity gospel necessarily. I mean, they, they, all the churches do that. Right, I mean, but that, but that's certainly money as a master. Yeah, you just don't make change in the in the pot. Right, so so we're 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 quibbling over um little bits. Yeah, uh, um, at that point. So, what are some of the examples that you have here of the prosperity gospel? Um, I've got a couple of different. I've got a couple of different ministers criti- criticized it for their own reasons. They criticize. Um, Does Joel Osteen criticize it? I mean, because he's considered no, prosperity he's, gospel. He's, he's he's considered a prosperity gospel preacher. Right. There are people here who criticized him. Um, let's see. What is this guy named? Pastor Rick Henderson. I've been preaching for twenty years. Yesterday, I've never done. I've did something I've never done before in a sermon. I publicly called out false teachers and named them by name. And basically, he goes on to talk about Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer. Uh, in particular, he talks about the fact that Joyce Meyer he admires her for advice, but if you if you go to her teaching, she's going to teach you things that are not true according to the Bible. So when when, when you're teaching some of the prosperity gospel, what are you what are you teaching them specifically? I think that what you're teaching is a is a whole potload of arrogance. But well, but that's not that's not the question. What you're what you're teaching them is that faith, positive speech about God, and donations to religious causes will increase your material wealth or in, increase your health. Basically, it's going to give you more of what what you're looking. God will give you more. yes. And let's be fair when we say that uh, something isn't in line with the teachings of the Bible. Well, you can pretty much justify anything with uh, specific passages from the Bible. It's not exactly consistent. Well, no. No, no, no. It, it, I mean, it is the big book of multiple choice, right? So so you can pull out the pieces that you want to to to, to suggest the narrative that you're claiming. Exactly. But it, certainly, I mean, th- there's a there is a financial component to what a lot of these preachers are are um, are saying, right? Mac? Did we lose Mac? No, no. Uh, I am ter- still on. I can't hear him. I said, so Sorry, so I, was, long, so. I was getting I was getting input from a higher source. You Conyer? No, <laughs> Sam was talking about it. She made an interesting point, which is that when you see people on Facebook and other social media popping up and saying, "Pray for me so that I get this job," or "Pray for me that I get well," "Pray for me for this," "Pray for me for that," you're basically seeing the prosperity gospel in action there as well. But the big question is, how many prayers does my like is my like the equivalent of? <laughs> I think you're going to be doing a lot of liking to get anything special. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so but some people actually have it set up prayers, so so that a like many, is equal to a prayer. How many how many uh, prayers is a liking of porn equivalent? Ah. <laughs> That is a very good question. So, so, so the prosperity gospel is essentially that. I mean, it's it's about a certain amount of faith in God, right? It's about faith in God, uh, speaking about God, speaking about your faith in God, and donations to religious <laughs> causes. Okay. Um, Sam also pointed out that with the PTL uh, back in the day, he looked prosperous. So obviously, God wanted people to give him money because. He was prosperous already, so obviously God was God. God liked him. Solid argument makes complete sense. So, <laughs> because of stuff like that, that's we have banks that only give you money if you look prosperous. Very possibly. Yeah, I I don't know that I agree with that. 
necessarily. I mean, that that we're to, economics is a little bit different than the prosperity gospel. I mean, it, the uh, when you're talking you about you never know with people. <laughs> well, I I don't know when you're talking about banks, right? Because you know, certainly we're talking about looking at somebody's credit score, right? And the better your credit score is, and you know, the better you show up there, um, the more likely you are to get that loan, right? And at a better rate, depending on what kind of a risk you are. But is that the same as, as just, you know, I mean, looking prosperous? And Equifax lost all that information anyway, so I don't know that it's relevant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that the, whoever That's stole the reason, that. And that is the reason why Gandalf never chose to ride Equifax. He only rode Shadowfax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're all screwed now because Equifax didn't know how to patch their damn servers, right? Yep. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I mean, I, certainly I don't believe in the prosperity gospel, but is 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 it really that much worse than than what you know than than like faith healers and crap like that? I mean, it's certainly on par with a with a lot of the despicable things that they do. But this is but all this is really just a ploy to get more money out of people. Yeah. But is it a better ploy than faith healing? I think faith healing is part of that, actually. Is it part of the prosperity gospel? Would it put? Would I, pop, it I mean, a Popoff could probably be put right into this whole prosperity gospel. I mean, certainly he was because at, later he he came back and he was doing the whole um, financial get out of debt thing, right? That sounds like the prosperity gospel to me. Yeah. Well, key point is, is it working? Well, I, I don't know how, how do you how do you measure that? Well, the same way you figure out if a placebo is working. <laughs> 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 what I mean is, are the uh, ministers prospering? Oh, I mean, I mean those private jets. I I, I realize that they're uh, that you know that they're for spreading the gospel, but uh, I don't know how else you afford that damn thing. That's kind of hard to hear them way up there. Well, I think that's you know, that that's one of the ways that you talk to God is you know you uh, on you know because you do a lot of prayers when you know you're on your knees the whole time you're in flight, right? Can't do that on a on a on a commercial liner. That's true. Oh, there's a lot of I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that. the air marshals frown on that. On a commercial flight, being on your knees in prayer, I think the air marshals frown on. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, sum up the prosperity gospel for me. If I think right, if I do right, if I act right, God will be my buddy. Okay. And give money. And give me whatever I want. <laughs> it's basically a way of using <clears throat> using faith to leverage material blessings out of God. It, it seems like, I mean, this idea that God is going to give you money is is, is kind of silly. You know, it, it, the way it was always explained to me when, when I was growing up is that God loves everybody. And so if he loves everybody equally, he can't really be partial in his treatment, or at least that's the way it seems to me. Hmm. But then, you know, I'm just an ignorant agnostic, and I don't really know these things. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Most times. All right. Tell me about bottled air. For China. It's not just for China. I mean, certainly they seem to be the uh, the big consumer of this product, but uh, but but that's well, not that's, really how it got that started. Is, that is because of the condition they found themselves in. I mean, China cut down all its truffle trees in order to make seeds. Seeds. What? They it's cut a Dr. Seuss reference. They cut down all their truffle trees in order to make seeds. So now they have to buy air. Oh, beat their needs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, the 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 this this what's the name of the company here? It's uh, oh, Vitality Air, ones. right? No, not Vitality. Yeah, Vitality Air. 
Is that right? It's a fatality. Uh, isn't it? Isn't it Perrier? <laughs> well, it certainly was when Spaceballs did it. And Spaceballs had it on the spot for the Can- for Canadian work here. Let me see. There's one called Vitality Air. That's that's the that is the company that that kind of kicked off the craze. Yeah, and it's funny you guys don't look Druish. So like, it does this actually work the same way it did in Spaceballs? Or are Chinese people going to be buying these things of air, popping them open, go? Kind of. <sighs> just like right from the can or whatever. But I'm, I'm well, well but... the cans the cans have face masks on. Yes. Yeah. The can oh. ones have face masks, and there's these other ones where they're actually bottles. Okay, so he, here's what here's what we got here. So we, we, we these people and they they are bottling the air in two different places. Um, and I forget what the places were. So they're they're taking the air and they're going to these places and they're and they're like hand pressurizing these bottles, I guess. Because when you when you hit the thing that there is a burst of air that comes out of them and um i i heard reference i mean somebody said that there was somewhere around 150 um hits in one of these it's it's i it's 7.7 liters of okay lake lewis air and uh a bottle of this stuff retails it says for 32 dollars now i'm not sure if that's canadian money if that or that's or if that's american um england or uh u.s dollars american money as you might say well, so, um, nationalpost.com, I'm guessing, it. I, is it an American site or is it a Canadian site? If it's an American site, I'm guessing that it's probably an American dollars. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I certainly I, I certainly haven't looked at the air. Vitality Air site. Yeah, so, so upwards of 150 inhales. But it's funny, when you, when you ask them specific questions about this stuff, they'll say, oh, it's proprietary. And the other thing, the other interesting claim that I saw in here is that they were that, that it was being tested for purity. It's like, wait, what, what? I mean, if you're just going out and you're just bottling air, right? You, you don't have any control. You don't have a lot of control over that. So if you go up to this, to, to Lake Lewis and you, and you pressurize these cans by hand. Yeah, they're going up the bath. Yeah. So, and here's the thing. So the, they're going Which up. Which is bad because they have a few fires out there right now. So it's. Well, it's, it seems like you wouldn't bad. want to bottle it then, right? But so I mean, apparently in the, they're well, yeah. Much... But it, in, at that point, it contains the the essence of all those healthy Canadian trees. <laughs> so that's maybe more desirable. I don't. And so you Re- ask him a lot of that. Remember that this is going to uh, a lot of this is going to a country with a history of some very, very, uh, very, very dubious cures. Anyway. Okay, but this started out such as rhino- rhinoceros horn, etc. If you it started hey, off this like be a why joke. Some shady character asked me to fart into a bottle. Well, that you know that that's exactly it, right? I mean, that I think you could sell that at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but so this started out kind of as uh, to me, it looked like a joke because the first thing that they, they put a they put a bag on eBay and it sold for ninety nine cents, and then the second bag, so they did and they did it again. Maybe they put two up at the same time. It sold for one hundred and sixty eight dollars. Eight dollars. Yeah, it's strange. And so they this video, the guy the guy interviewing him. He takes a hit of this, and he's like, "Boy, that's a can of air." And the, and the guy, you know, who's who he's interviewing is like, "Yep, it is." It's like uh, they know what they're doing, right? They they know that they are just. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that what they're it's so crazy what they're selling. They start out with this this interview in the National Post, and basically at that point, they they you know they they talk about how they that it was just kind of something they started on a lark. So the the next interview that I saw with 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 the with the two founders, they're they're like, "Well, we wanted to start something that would be." fun and and be disruptive and and be good for people it's like 
Okay, so their story is changing as they go, right? Because now they have a successful product, and it doesn't sound as good as to say, oh, we started on a lark, and it actually sold. Yep. And that's exactly what we have here, right? We have, we have a product that was started on a lark that has been terribly successful in China, and China has terrible air pollution. And so it's kind of not surprising that people there would, you know, that would be interested in this product. But here's the thing is that, uh, you know, everybody who's looked at this says that one can of air is not going to help them, right? It, having 150 hits off of a bottle of air, it does nothing for these people, right? They, it, and, it, and it does, it is basically, a, you know, I mean, it's not that much air to make it's not enough air to make a difference it is a placebo right and but it's but i i mean here's the thing that they're not making a lot of wild claims either right it's just air yeah right well and then um they're also apparently they're buying british air as well right although the british air is going to tend to have more side effects than air. (laughs) well they're 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 uh doing it in colder uh, areas the british air will tend to stiffen the upper lips of any yeah, so the, the people in Canada started this, or, or the people in England started this after the Vitality Air. They saw that the Vitality Air was selling, so they said, well, we can do our area too. And so they go out there with these almost Tupperware containers with the, with this seal on it, and they go out and they, they catch the air and seal it, right? And then that's that they're selling, right? So it's not even a pressurized thing. They're selling just a, just these little containers full of air. And it's more expensive than the, than the Vitality Air. They're smug. <laughs> well, yeah, but well, that, that's pretty that. much what the—that's pretty much what Druidia did, right? Just like they're just cans. The Perrier, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but with the British air, it's got that faint scent of uh, old world imperialism. Smug. <laughs> the whole thing is is pretty funny, but the the funniest thing to me was their story evolving as the product became successful. So, I mean, just just in the in the um in just the links that you have here, going from you know the first one. To the NBC interview, I think it was NBC. Uh, CNN. CNN interview. And the Weather Network. How'd I get the work? I don't know. I didn't see that one. And it just you know, there, there's stories evolving about why they started this company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, can we, can have... we can we really be smug about this though? Because um, like weren't somewhere in North America, I think, didn't they, some people open like oxygen bars or something? Oh yeah, absolutely. That that's a huge thing, I think, in um Vegas, right? <laughs> Oxygen bars are huge in Vegas because and, – and they're making a lot of claims that these people aren't making about them being good for hangovers and shit like that. Well, yeah, but in the case of oxygen bars, they're actually selling like a – they're actually selling a pure pressurized oxygen. They're selling closer to actual – they're selling more oxygen. Not, like it contains more oxygen than Earth's atmosphere. So it's going to it's gonna produce a little bit of high too. Yeah, yeah exactly. So they're not the oxygen, just walking yeah, exactly. out into the woods. You know, right. The <laughs> but here's the thing. The, only, the one question oxygen. I do have – is that they they are shipping these cans of air and they and somebody asked them how much pressure was in them and they said well that's a pr- that's proprietary even though it's something that can easily be measured um, clearly they don't know how much pressure is in them which is actually not a good thing because if you're shipping these things you know aren't there regulations about that kind of thing you think so I thought there was yeah I yeah. thought so too so I thought that was a strange well, it's, it's, thing it's to okay. be proprietary they just open them in custom well they claim that they claim that they're still pressurizing these things by hand so there there couldn't really be that much pressure in them I'm surprised that they're claiming that you can get 150 hits off of them. so well, it's probably the same kind of thing like a thing of top ramen is officially two servings <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's bullshit uh, it's one of those things where, okay, we'll say it's 150. If you take just the right small dose, you can get yeah. 150 out of that. Probably. Yeah. yeah, that's probably true. 
but yeah, so I don't know. It, it's it is. Um, I mean, they're they're not making a lot of wild claims about it that I that you know that I can tell. They're you know, I mean, certainly they're they're selling air, and it's probably cleaner than what the people in China are breathing, right? So I I think that's probably not. Um, I mean, we can't. There's no debate there. Um, well, are I mean, they are the people in China buying novelty and mystery? I don't think that they are. When I when you go and listen to what they're actually saying, because I did find some videos where the Chinese people were talking about them, they think that this is good for them, right? Yeah. Um, and as long well, that's what I was saying earlier, though, is they they've got a tradition of some extremely exotic. Oh yeah, shows. absolutely. But as long as the Vitality Air people aren't making any claims about it being good, and all they're saying is that we're just selling a can of air. Um, right. you know, I, I, there's nothing there, there's kind of nothing wrong with it. It's just silly for, from my perspective. Right. Well, and, and that's okay. Things, people will pay for it as a novelty. It's kind of funny, right? I mean, it, if somebody actually made Perry air, I would be fun to have a can of that on my shelf. Right. Cause it, cause it, you yeah, know, you wouldn't pay 115 bucks for it. Well, no, I don't want to pay 115 bucks for it. And, and I, mean, I don't you even argue that they could, are, uh, you could make a can of Perry air. Oh, sure. Yeah, you Anybody could argue that they are taking advantage of people's uh, misconceptions about what they do for, the, for them, even if they're not like making the claims themselves. I would tend, I would agree with that, but I mean, how far, how far can you go with that? I mean, is that something that that, that we want to take them down for? I mean, just because they're they're not, I mean, just because somebody is misconstruing something that somebody else is not claiming. I, I mean, mean, I don't think what they're doing should be illegal. Okay. Um, they're 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 selling a product. It's exactly what they said it is. And people are buying it. It's yeah, yeah. It's not even snake oil. <laughs> it's not even snake oil. Yeah. Well, they're not making any promises or anything. Yeah. So I mean, as long as they don't do that, right? As long as it doesn't become the next placebo band, I, I, I well, there's not much more to say about it, is there? Yeah. You know, snake really. oil, if you properly, you know, like, say on a squeaky snake, <laughs> is perfectly, uh, perfectly acceptable remedy. Seattle Dad seeks to pay off all student lunch debt. In the state of Washington, what is going on here, Mac? Okay, so um, there is a – if the kids don't have enough money to pay for their lunches, they the schools will start to track their debt. Uh, invoices are sent to their families. Uh, schools will also take lunches away from children who can't pay, or they trade out the hot lunch for an alternative cold, cold lunch for those children. And it has been dubbed school lunch shaming. Um Basically, this guy has two sons and a two-year-old daughter, and he was – he was I don't get the impression that his kids are lacking for their lunch money, but he was affected by the article. And so what he decided to do was he wanted to try to um, put together crowdfunding to pay all the debt for all the kids in the state of Washington. How exactly do, uh, do these lunches work in the state? They don't, the students don't have to pay for them up front? This was how it was in Colorado. I don't know about down here. No child will ever go without without getting something to eat for lunch, no matter how in debt they are to the school. Okay, so the, generally how I remember the program working, because um, after talking to the lunch people, is that they would get the first two meals. Um, they would, and then after that, they get it there, you know, and and at that point they put a stamp on the hand and they tell them that they need to put money into the account. So we, so the, so my girls had an account at this school and we would put money into it. And if that, when that starts to get low, they get they put stamps on the kids' hands and so that you can go and put more money into it. After and so after so many meals, then they will stop serving them um, the the hot lunch and they'll give them like just crackers or something, 
right? So so they yeah. have something at least. Um, but at the, but they stop they stop giving a meal at at some point. And so, uh, yeah. So the the idea is that a kid will never go without food. So like you know, for my kids, that that was never a problem, right? Because we could afford lunches. But that's not necessarily true of all of these kids. And in some of the and depending on the you know the community and the school, it's a, it's a bigger problem. And there's probably more kids that are in debt than other schools, right? Depending on the area. According to the article that he read in the first place, um, they will. Some of the schools are singling kids out by requiring them to to wear wristbands or hand stamps or do extra chores if they have unpaid lunch bills. Okay, so this is different than the environment that I was in. And unfortunately, I, um, um, Ian's gone, but his kids went to the same school that mine did at, at, at the time when this was um, that I was looking into this. And so our experience would be the same. And I suspect that there was no that 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 kind of singling out wouldn't have been happening in our environment. Okay, that's not to say it doesn't happen, but once again, we were in a let's say primarily white school because I suspect that there's a racial component to this. There may be a racial component. At the very least, there's a class component. A class component, right? Okay, yeah. So to speak. And here's the thing: is that it depends on it. Some of that has might have to do with the district. Too that the that you know how does the district handle these things? Again, we were in a fairly good district when we were in Colorado. Down here, not so much, right? So, so these these lunch programs are handled differently depending on where you go, and and um and each district can handle these the way that they want. So anyway, so what the, what this guy what is this guy? So so there's clearly a problem, right? I think that I think that we know that. We know there's a problem. What he's trying to do is he's basically trying to put together crowdfunding so that he can pay all the lunch debt for all the students in the state in the state of Washington. I, I started I, out as just Seattle, but he's trying to get it. He's trying to get it statewide. And this is great. Good I for mean, him. here's the thing: is that it is it is good, but on the other hand, what he's doing may not actually clear the lunch debt. It may just end up going into somebody's pockets. Well, I think that I, mean, I, I don't is, know that that you know there's a question about that, but I hopefully. He will. He can go and you know find a way to pay those stuff directly because those those are debts, right? And so hopefully he can pay the debts directly. The problem is that this is once again a failure by government. This you know it, this is once again a question of of taxes, right? I mean yeah. he shouldn't if he shouldn't be, ha- be having to do this in the first place. There's a no. systemic problem here that's not being addressed by this. I'm hoping that he can get the money where it needs to go, but you're right that it doesn't solve the problem, right? Because right. once his money is gone, the debts come back. This guy's this guy's heart is in the right place. Absolutely. And he's doing what he can. And he's basically he's paid off at this point over a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt in five school districts. But if you what? this should be looked at as him collecting tax money. That you know, right? It, it, that's how this should have been collected in the first place. It's through taxes. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do like the point he makes here. He says, we give prison inmates three meals a day, and they've been convicted against of crimes against our community. Yeah. We force our students to stay in school, yet lunches are not automatically provided. And once again, though, does the, the district has to have the money to do that because these things don't come without a cost. Mm, right? The district has to distribute the money the way that <clears throat> the district gets money. The question is – where they put it well exactly but and what they value well i mean but the the so yeah so you have to look at budgets independently right to decide where that money goes and generally you know these 
schools are they they don't have leftover money, right? And, and these budgets are have historically, from what I can tell, been getting cut because people don't want to pay for them, right? So a lot of these are paid by mill levies and stuff like that. And in, in particularly in Colorado, people said, "Oh no, we're not paying for another mill levy." That means that all the money that that they wanted to collect for the schools is gone. So it's so it, this is I mean this is a um a community problem not not a not even a district problem you know this this is a lack of understanding by you know by by individuals who you know who vote these taxes down I agree with you though that he shouldn't he shouldn't have to be I he chooses to be in this position but somebody should not have to do this Yeah I mean we have a there's a systemic problem how how do how do we as a community deal with these problems Right? And do we, and do well, we even know that is a problem? But since he's put his foot out there, maybe someone will look at it and try to figure out what to do. Here's the thing: is that it should it's an embarrassment to every school district that that an individual is doing something that they haven't figured out how to do for themselves. And maybe it'll embarrass them enough that they'll actually do something about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that, it's a school district lunch shaming. Audi has developed a synthetic high grade fuel that will run an unleaded engine made entirely out of plant it is no rather than being an ethanol enhanced fuel like we can buy here it is non-petroleum and it burns cleaner than it burns cleaner than fuel containing it is it is made out of converting is made by converting corn derived glucose so basically high fructose corn syrup or high, high glucose corn syrup in this case isn't it ethanol i mean at that point i mean is it not ethanol what are we talking about um, ethanol will not run on will not run an unleaded in by itself. E- this is I thought that was E eighty five, isn't it? Huh? Isn't that E eighty five? Isn't that isn't that isn't that ethanol? This is they're calling it E benzene. E benzene. In my understanding, ethanol is uh, it can be used to enhance gasoline, but it still has to be added to petroleum based fuel. This takes the place of petroleum based fuel. And and how does it do that? Because it's uh, they've turned they basically converted this into something that burns at the octane for unleaded engines. Okay, E85 is 85% ethanol fuel and 15% gasoline or petrol. Yeah, this is this is pure 100 octane gasoline. And is it as corrosive as, as E85, or is it or is it or is it more like a, a more like gasoline? Apparently, it's more like gasoline. And it's they, just it's a plant based gasoline rather than it's a biomass gasoline rather than a petroleum based gasoline. It, it does sound pretty cool, but uh, the concern I have is if it's still like based on corn and stuff, we still need like huge fields of corn in order to power this kind of thing. Seems like maybe we'll get somewhere when we're able to um, make gasoline in big vats in some sort of factory. Well, but the other problem that I see here that I don't think that they're addressing is it. So this product in and of itself will burn cleaner than gasoline, right? Right. Okay. And so we'll take them at their word for that. But what is the amount of uh, of pollution that goes into creating it in the first place? Because isn't that one of the problems with ethanol is that while it might burn cleaner in the car, it, it, it the actual production of it is no better. So yeah, what, it doesn't say what. It doesn't say what uh, what level of pollution it happens to to create it. The other concern that I would have is while it will replace gasoline and continue running the internal combustion engines, is it going to be more expensive or less expensive to obtain here in the states than you know petroleum-based gasoline? Well, I think are it... we are we trading 
our 254 uh, last time I filled up, 254 a gallon, are we trading it for $5 a gallon to get this? Well, and that that's a really good question. The other question is that, so we're collecting that corn. What is the mechanism to collect the corn? How much pollution is being made there? And can you, can you, does it take less of this fuel to collect it and create it than, um, than the end product? And that's always been I, a question you know, of corn. As far as that goes, I think there's already a, me- a mechanism in place to collect that corn. Um, right, which but is known I don't as farmers, and I think the main the main thing that that needs is uh, overalls. <laughs> no, no, no. The, one of the, one of the one of the issues with with ethanol, right, is that you that harvesting the corn takes more energy than the fuel that you get out of it. Historically, right? Maybe and maybe and have they found a way to fix that's that? A, that's a very very that's a very good point. But they they started off with they came up with a diesel version of this first, and now they've got the unleaded version. So I don't know. I'll be looking forward to watching this develop. Yeah, and the other thing that's interesting is that so they're they're, they're saying that it's a that they can produce a hundred what a hundred octane fuel out of this. So it, <coughs> right. so it'll be it's good for high compression engines. So you can run your sports car off of it. So you know and that's mm-hmm. important because what good is this if you can't put it in your Ferrari? Right. Well, I presume you can put it in your Audi. Well, it's but the Audi A8 doesn't have a high compression engine. An R8 would, but an A8, I don't think so. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, this is this is an interesting point. Okay, so let me. Um, hopefully, I'm getting this right. You have you you have different octanes in the fuel, right? And so the higher the octane, the higher compression you can put that fuel into before it before it um, before it ignites. So in a, if you put a low octane fuel in a high compression engine, it will it will it will ignite before it's fully compressed. And so when that happens, you know the cylinders haven't have um, haven't fit, haven't met their full um, their full compression, and so it it throws them back, and you end up with what they call an octane knock. So and that's hard on the engine. So so you, so in a high compression engine that you see in a sports car like a Ferrari and a Lamborghini, you need a you have to put in a high octane fuel so that it can reach that maximum compression. And so in a, in a non like my car in a standard car, putting a high octane fuel in there is completely worthless. It does nothing for me. It doesn't burn cleaner. It it does nothing for me. So it you know it, it you know it gets what's maximum compression and gets ignited like any other fuel would. Um, so when so those higher octanes are are more important for your higher um, for your you know for your higher compression engines. Does that make sense? It does. Gas make cargo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay. So um, the last article that I've got on is that uh, I've talked on more than one occasion about the intelligence of crows, the intelligence of parrots. Um, I've talked about that until until Brian is very upset. <laughs> but this this one this one was very interesting. Um, basically, the reason that birds are able to do the complex th- feats. This is the theory that this person has. The reason birds are able to do complex intellectual feats with much smaller brains is that birds' brains are more neuron dense than ours. Um, basically, they have a higher they have a higher number of neurons per square inch. They have more brain power per pound. So you know, neurons higher <clears throat> higher levels of neurons are going to cause faster thought and more efficient thought. Why do you presume that? Because more neurons make. <laughs> 
I think that that I think so, that, that 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 claim needs to be substantiated, right? I mean, is is that true about about more neurons? More neurons makes uh, information within the body go faster. Sure. So, are you guys hmm. discounting the undeniable truth that birds are controlled by aliens? Uh, we're not discounting that at all. No. Right, but what we're saying is that the faster the neurons fire, the easier it is to remote control them. Yes. Ah. Right. So, so, um, so other, now all they are is uh, drones, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and no. have they been registered properly? Because drones have to be registered. You know, that that actually does bring a whole new meaning to drones from Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a problem with Amazon's drones because they can't fly in a class four hurricane, and so I had to wait more than two days for my Prime ship. Horrible. <laughs> the uh, the other thing here. That is is kind of interesting in this article is they're thinking that birds have what is called a theory of mind, which means that they are capable of inferring what other birds are thinking. So, um, okay. So they gather information and they they will they uh, they they will hide food in front of other birds and then move the food when the other birds aren't looking. Okay. So they they know if they hide the they think they know that the bird has seen it. And so they figure the place and where he's seen. Right. Because they know what the other bird is thinking based upon what they would do. And that's actually closer to our type of where we infer what other people are going to do based upon what we know about them and what ourselves. That is very So they are extrapolating it from action and reaction. It does Yeah, it does appear that way. That's, <gasps> that is pretty interesting. It says that the birds, especially songbirds and parrots, have large numbers of neurons in the, in the pallium or forebrain, which is the part of the brain that corresponds to our cerebral cortex. But your, your title here says pound for pound smarter than mammals. I, I guess you're talking about just brain size? Yeah, the, the amount. Basically, for a smaller brain, they have a much more dense mass of neurons. Okay. Do you also see that in the folds in the brain? Because isn't that one of the things about a human brain compared to an ape brain is the amount of folds in the brain? Well, I've had mine iron, so... Well, that's right. We've all had ours on. We go out into the, quote, fresh air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I got a joke that worked! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I think we're we're going to call it an evening. We already lost Ian because uh, he had a headache, right? Mm -hmm. Which means that Lorelai was no, you no. know texting um, him and no, telling him to get his strange... butt upstairs. He had a strange headache. Oh, strange headache. Yeah, it wasn't just a <laughs> yeah, headache. Strange headache. Right. Isn't the translation of that is Lorelai was texting him, telling him to get his butt upstairs before she serviced herself? <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. This was a sex thing. I promise you. I assume that is true. <laughs> You're man. I agree. <laughs> Very good. Well, then, say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. everybody. Good night. That is another one in the camp. The high octane can. <laughs> the air can. <laughs> the air can. There we go. There's no one in the air can. <laughs> the very air. air. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720 295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Kennel. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. 
Exit Music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.